to God. Well, let's uh, let's open the Word today. And uh, everybody's excited about all the ministry we got going today, right? Different churches, different places, over the internet. You know, the only unteachable person is the person that knows everything and knows more than you, right? And so uh, we're none of those people. And uh, the, every time the Word of God is opened, if you'll listen, there's something in there for us. Amen. Amen. Join faith with me. Father God, we pray over the Word today that it would be the Word of God, that it would be your true words and not the words of man, Lord, that it would go forth and edify and exhort the hearer, that it would build us up and encourage every one of us in our faith and in our walk with you, Lord, that as we hear and receive your Word by faith today, that we would walk in the love that you've, that you've designed for us to do, Lord, and that we would do those things that you've called us to do and that we would never be the same again in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, open your Bible to 1 John 5 and we'll look at some things. I was uh, studying this lesson. I got to thinking about my mom. Um, Every time I think about prayer, I think about my mom because that lady prayed. She believed in praying. She did not have faith in praying. She believed in praying because she had faith in God. And she prayed. I, I, I remember I used to come home as a teenager in probably not very great shape. And I would walk in the door, and it would be completely dark in the house, but I'd hear this little noise in the back. Mom? She goes, what are you doing? She goes, oh, God just got me up praying this morning. I'd say, really? What are you praying about? She goes, I don't know. There's something over here. I've just been praying in the Spirit all day. And, and he woke me up and said, pray in the Spirit more about that tonight. But she believed in speaking with God. She believed in taking time. And she believed in the prayers she prayed because she believed in the God she prayed to. Yes. You know, you, you see people that say, I have faith in prayer. I don't have faith in prayer. I have faith in God. Yes. Prayer should be to Him in faith with Him. Uh, because of him, not in faith of your prayer, because you got people out there they'll say, "Well, you know, I need to have all these people pray," or you get people that something goes wrong and they get signs made and they hang them, pray, pray, pray. You know what? Without faith in God, you can hang two thousand signs, and none of them will work, because our faith must be in God, not how many people are praying. Amen. God loves us, and our faith must be in that love. If we will believe in that love, then we won't have to have so many people, <laughs> so many words. Am I praying right? Did I say it right? You know, you got, you got people that pray and nothing happens. They go, oh, I must have said something wrong. God is merciful. God is kind. We don't say things. He is a good God. He's looking for ways into our lives, not ways to stay away from us. Amen? But, when, but when, we, when we exalt prayer above Him and His Word, then it's out of order. And it's not that He won't do anything. It's that He can't. It's in a wrong place. It's not how many people pray. It's how much faith is in the God we pray to. Amen? I'm not saying you shouldn't have prayer chains. Man, when people called my mom, it wasn't from there to, to California to Texas to Florida. To, she had people everywhere that she knew would get in faith and loved the people they were praying for. Right? You don't want somebody praying for you that don't love you. 
Why? Because if, you, if they don't love you, they don't care. They could try to care, but if they don't love... Because you can't have true concern for somebody without loving them. And as Christians, we love everyone. And so if our faith and our love are in the right place, we can pray for anyone. Right? What's he tell people in 1 Timothy 2? He says, pray for all men. How can you do that? Right? 1 Timothy 2. Everybody knows that, right? Pray for all men. He says, I exhort therefore, brothers that you pray for all men, for kings and those in authorities. That's not all men. All men and for kings and those in authority. First of all, for praying for kings and those in authority, you're praying for all men because that they're over those men, first of all. But we, with love of God in us, can care about everyone. When I, when I said, do you know somebody that needs to be saved, everybody in here didn't raise their hand because it was a family member. You may have saw somebody at the grocery store this morning, and you thought, they need Jesus. Right? You, and you weren't saying it mean. You truly looked at them and in love said, Jesus could change your life. Right? And if you have that in your heart, you can pray on a level that no one else will pray but those who believe the same way, right? Because that is where your confidence is. Your confidence is in His love for you and His love through you. And when you have that confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ and in God Almighty, then you pray and these verses become real. Amen? 1 John 5, 14. If you read the chapter, he talks about believing that Jesus is the Son of God and having the same love as Him. If you read the chapter, it talks about love and believing. How, how many know John knew about love? He knew the love of God. I love to read John in the books that he wrote because he knew God loved him first of all. And because of that, he loved others. Amen? And so he had a grip on some things that other people maybe didn't. And he said, and this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. What's the first thing He's saying? He's saying, to ask, you first must know His will. Right? you got people who say, well, I'll pray and find out His will. You don't have to pray to find out His will. His will's in the book. He's given us His will. If, if you try to pray to get His will, then you'll, you'll forego what His will truly is. Now, you may pray because you know His will is for you to seek Him diligently, and He'll show you some Scripture. But He has a will right here. People that say, I need to pray and see what His will is concerning my healing. No, you don't. I can tell you what His will is concerning your healing, that you be healed. Amen? Right? He has a will. And, and if you know His will, but to know His will, you must first know Him. The confidence comes from knowing His love, Amen? you got to believe He loves you. Your confidence comes from knowing who God is and how He is. Right? How many people do you know that have no confidence in prayer because they don't know the Father? They, I'm not saying they're not saved. I'm saying they don't know the character of God. They don't know that He's good. They don't know that He, he loves them all the time and that He's merciful and kind and gracious to their faults. Amen? These are the things you've got to know or the devil will talk you out of your prayers. You, you won't ever get to your prayers because your prayers mean nothing. If you're not asking someone that loves you, you can't believe they're going to do it for you. Right? 
But he said you can be confident in him. Why? Because in him we are the beloved. And we can be confident in him that God loves us and that not only does he love us, we have full access to the Father through Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we can have a confidence and we can know that he hears us. And we're not just talking about he hears us. He's listening to you. When you pray, you can be confident that God's looking at you and listening to you if you believe in his love. If you did that as a parent, when your kids talk to you and ask you for something and you looked at them and you listened to them, they would have confidence in your love for them. Right? Now, I've done it both ways. I've been a parent where Ramsey would be sitting over here going, and she talks 25 miles an hour. I mean, she, 100 miles an hour. Dad, I want to Yes. Right. But when you ignore her, she feels ignored. And she knows it. You think God's ignoring our prayers? You think God's ignoring our conversation? He wants to just talk to us. You know, he doesn't always want to be uh, talked to in King James English. <laughs> oh, Lord, thou almighty God, I come before thee today. You know what he'd say if he heard me say, he'd say, Dave, you can't even talk that good. Please talk right. <laughs> he'd say, I can't understand you right now. Sometimes he just wants to talk. He's a good father God. And when we... Know and believe that when we talk to Him, He, the Almighty God, is paying attention to us. Amen. You know it says that He hears the prayers of the righteous? He pays attention to them? The God Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, treats you and calls you His son or daughter. And when you talk, He's interested. Glory to God. Glory to God. When you talk, He comes to a halt. People say, God comes to a halt here. Yes, He loves you that much. Even if you're saying something stupid. Yeah. And He listens to you. Yeah. He does. And He cares about what you're saying. Even if you're asking for something that He wouldn't do because it's not His will and it's not in His Word. He's looking to find a way to get you away from that because you can't have it. Right? And if you do have it, it's not going to be His will and you're going to be someplace He doesn't want you. You know, Ramsey does that to me all the time. She'll, she'll start talking, and I'll listen to her, and she'll say, Dad, I want to do this. And, and you know what I want to do next year? She did this just the other day. She's not in here now. She? And she did this just the other day. She said, I want to go on this trip overseas for whatever it is in college that they do and this next semester. And my heart immediately went, ooh. You know, and it wasn't really that I was against it, but my heart went, ooh, something's not right about that. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't go, well, that's stupid. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry. You can't do that. You, you, that's not my will. That's not God's will. You need to pray again. You know what I did? I just got quiet. Looked at her and said, well, we'll believe God for the right answers on that. Why? She's, she's 19 years old. You know what? It's time for her to hear from God. 
Right? And it's not time for me to say, oh, no, that's dumb. You're, you're going the wrong way. I want her to learn how good he is on her own. Amen? And I want her to know that just like me, where I sat and I listened to what she was saying, that God will sit and listen to her too. And he'll tell her exactly the way to go because it's best for her and because he loves her. No other reason. That's it. God's not looking, God's not looking to get a different plan across. He, he's not looking to manipulate you into doing something that makes it easier for him. <laughs> Parents are, aren't they? You know, if my kid just wouldn't do this, my life would be a lot easier. Why does she want to go out tonight? I wouldn't have to think about her if she'd just stay home. Maybe she's supposed to minister to somebody and you just kept her home because it was easier for you. Hmm, wonder if that happens in school. <clears throat> Going on. God's a good God and He hears us. Not only does He hear us, He pays attention to us. He wants to hear our request. He wants to hear, see our heart. He wants to know how and what we're thinking. Why? Because two reasons. When you're thinking in love and you're praying in love, he's got answers right there. When you're not, he wants to show you how you can. He's a true parent. He's not looking to condemn you because you're wrong. He's looking to teach you to make you right. He's always there to build us up. That's all free because it wasn't in my notes. Thank you, Lord. And if we know that he pays attention to us, that He cares about what we're saying. That's what it's saying right there. Verse 15, And if we know that He hears us, if we're confident in the love He has for us and the love He has to, to go through us, then whatever we ask, we can also be confident. The same confidence that we have in Him hearing us, we can have that same confidence that when we ask because we know He hears us, we'll have those petitions that we ask of Him. That's our good God. Back to my mom. She never quit on a prayer. She never quit on a prayer. I'm still seeing... She's been in heaven four years now, five, four years. And I'm still seeing answers to her prayers. Today I just saw one walk in these church doors. Today. An answer to her prayer. And she's not even in the earth anymore. How long will God hold your prayers? Till they're answered if you don't quit on them. And she didn't quit on them. If she prayed for your salvation, just come on to the altar. Because she still believes it and she's in heaven before the throne of God now. You think she has less, less faith in it? She believed that in every prayer she prayed for me, I am a product of her unwillingness to quit on the prayers she prayed because she knew the God she prayed to. Amen? And we ought never quit on our prayers prayed in love for others and for stuff we know He wants for us. If you've asked for something that you know is God's will for you and you haven't seen it, don't quit. Do not quit. Your answer is coming. Your answer has always been there. Our, our part is to believe in His goodness and never let go of what we've asked. And He's desired for us to ask. Why? Because it shows our faith in Him. It shows our trust in Him and it shows that we humble ourselves to Him. 
And we believe in this great love. And we believe that without Him, we could ask anything we want and nothing's going to happen. But with Him, all things are possible. And so He said ask. A lot of people say, well, if He knows what we need before we ask, why ask? Because He said ask. Right? How many know God's got a good reason for everything He tells you to do, even if you don't understand it? Your understanding of it doesn't make it good. It was good before you understood it. Amen? Glory to God. just makes it better when you understand it. Thank you, Lord. And so we can have that confidence in what we've petitioned Him for. Amen? So let's look more at prayer. James 5, verse 14. It says, Is any sick among you? Now he's talking to Christians, right? You know, people say, oh, you're a Christian. You get sick. What would you do wrong? <laughs> if somebody tells you you're sick, what did you do wrong? Don't have them pray for you because they don't love you. Okay? God doesn't even ask you what you did wrong. You say, well, He knows. It doesn't matter. He doesn't ask then. He heals you, then tells you what not to do wrong again. Amen? <laughs> Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. What does it say? Let him call for the pastor? No. no. Let him call for the head deacon. Let him call. No, it says call for the elders of the church. Who is the elders of the church? The elder of the church is the one who loves God, who loves you, knows the love of God, and has faith to pray for you. That's the qualification for the elder I'm looking for. If they're five years old, that's, how, that's who I want. I want someone who loves God, who loves me, who knows God loves me, and who knows what God wants for me. Amen? People say, well, I've got to have somebody that's been in the Word for a long time. You know, there are people that have been around the Word all their life that I would not want praying for me. Amen? <laughs> I want an elder. I want somebody who loves me first. First of all, I want to know that I know that that person truly cares about me. Amen. Amen? Amen? Sometimes they may show it by saying, get up out of that seat and quit acting like a baby. That's right. Guess what? Sometimes that's love. That's right. And I've had some people do that to me. I said, Dave, you're kind of acting like a baby. Maybe you need to straighten up. And maybe God could do something for you. So, well, yeah, you're right. I remember when I had... Uh, I was telling this story this morning. I was uh, stupid enough to get on a motorcycle, which if you drive motorcycles, that's great. I should not. <laughs> and I was stupid enough to get on one, and I drove it over a cliff. <laughs> yeah, not smart. Wasn't the will of God. Didn't ask about the will of God. Wasn't the will of God that I drove over the cliff. And this wasn't the same story that I told this morning, so it must be a different crowd, right? But... When I got home, I was sitting there, and I was—I had broken three ribs, and my ankle was broken. You know, you, you know when you don't feel good, you act like you don't feel good. So you're sitting there like this, and you're watching TV, and you got the old "I don't feel good" look on your face. <laughs> and Kim said, "You want me to do this for you?" And I go, "Yeah, yeah, would you? Yeah, yeah, please, honey. I don't feel good." She said, "Okay, and how about if I do this?" And, Man, I felt my old flesh saying, ooh, this is nice. Yeah. Getting all this stuff done for you? Yeah. Duke, you want me to do this for you? And 
She said, yeah, yeah, honey, please do that for me. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God in me, the Spirit of God in me says, yeah, that's what sick people do. They have everybody do stuff for them. And I said, ooh. He said, how about you get up and do it yourself because that's what well people do. And I thought, man, that's going to hurt, God. (laughs) I mean, I was watching one show that made me laugh, and I said, please turn that off, because if you've ever had a broken rib, you cannot laugh. I said, please turn that off. And man, I started getting up and doing things for myself, and it hurt. And I thought, God, surely you're not telling me to do this. You wouldn't want me hurting like this. He said, no, but I'd want you well. He loved me enough to know getting up and getting out of there was the best thing for me. That wasn't, you know, a lot of people say, that ain't love if he really cared. He, he, he wouldn't want you hurting. He doesn't want you hurting, and he knows how to get you out of hurting the fastest way. Amen? Wow, we'll have to do both these CDs because they're totally different. <laughs> Glory to God. He's helping us, isn't he? Is there any sect among you calling the elders? Pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the prayer of faith doesn't say the prayer will heal them. It says the prayer of faith will heal them. A prayer that believes in God will heal the sick. And because it believes in God, it won't just stop there. A prayer of faith will do more than what people ask it to. Amen? They just came to be healed. But faith does more than that. See, when he wanted me to get up, he knew that if I would have faith in him to do what he said, it could do more for me. I could have been sitting in that bed for three, four more weeks. I was at church the very next Sunday, and it happened on a Saturday. I mean, I missed one Sunday. Glory to God. And when I say I went off a cliff, I went off a cliff. I mean, it was the mercy of God that I lived let alone just had three broken ribs and a broken ankle. Glory to God. But not only does He save the sick, He'll raise him up. He'll bring him back up to where he was before he got sick. And He'll forgive him. He didn't ask for any of those things. He just wanted to be healed. God doesn't know when to quit. He just starts and He says, You know what? I'm going to heal you and I'm going to raise you back up. And... If you sinned, I'm going to forgive you. Glory to God. That's the God we serve. Amen? Why? Because the elder who knew the Lord, loved you, and believed in God's plan for your life, prayed for you. Amen? Our God who we pray for is power, or pray to is powerful. Amen? Not prayer. Prayer is this. Come on in, God. Yeah. Prayer makes you a doorkeeper for God. Right? That's what you're doing. You're saying, let me open the door and let God in. Because He's who has your answer. Here comes the power to heal you. Here comes the power to save you. Here comes the power to set you free. And it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked forever. Amen? So I'll pray and be a doorkeeper. Thank you, Lord.
Amen. If you go on, he goes a little step further than that. He said, now confess your faults to one another and pray for one another. He's talking beyond the elders now. He's saying, confess your faults. What's he doing? He's saying, saying love one another. Talk to one another. Tell them where you're weak. Tell them, tell them the things that, that drag you down. Tell them the things that pull you back. Tell them the things that hurt your faith. Why? Because then they're going to build you up. Right? He's not telling you. Because so, you know what? You start telling everybody all the bad things you do, they're not going to be able to have faith for you. <laughs> you know, I don't ever tell everything. My mom used to say, I don't want to know everything you did. She really did. I was going to tell her, I said, Mom, let me tell you, you really don't know who I was. Let me tell you. She said, I don't want to know. She said, I know who you are now. I know who I've prayed for you to be. He's not saying tell everybody what you've been. He's saying confess your faults. Tell people where you're weak. Right. Why? Because that's your faith buddy. That's somebody that's going to help you and pray with you. Amen? Not somebody that's going to condemn you and kick you down. It says, confess your faults, pray for one another that you may be healed. What's he saying? He's saying, you pray for one another and you may be healed. Well, but what if I'm sick? I need to pray for me. No, you need to pray for one another. But I'm sick. I need to ask for healing. You need to pray for one another. What's he saying? He's saying, you need to take my love and extend it to others and I'll take care of you. Amen? When, our, when, when we get on fire for God and we want others to know His goodness, then we can forget about everything bad in our life because we want everybody to know how good He truly is. And when you forget about all your cares, then He takes them. Why? Because you don't got them anymore. If you got them, He don't, he don't got them. Right? If He's got them, you don't got them. Amen? Amen? Your care, your love, your, your concern is for your brother. Therefore, his concern can take care of you. Amen? Amen. That's the God we serve. And he, he's given all kinds of answers to prayer right now. People saying, I've prayed and asked God to do this for me and to do this for me. And if I just had this and if I could have this and if he'd do this for me and then I could do this and me and I and I, me, I, me and I, me. And I don't know why I'm not getting any answers. Because you're I me. <laughs> Glory to God. But when we pray in faith to our God, we can trust that our God is going to take care of us. Amen? And when we believe Him for others, there's a greater power. What, what's He say? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It is more blessed to pray for somebody else, to give your time, to give your effort, to give your love, than it is for you to receive anything. It's more empowering. What's he saying? It's more blessed. It's more empowering. You are more empowered to succeed when you're giving. When you're giving out as a Christian, when you're giving out of your love, when you're giving out of your time, your substance, whatever you're giving out of, you're more empowered to succeed in any area of your life than you are when you're trying to get it for yourself. <laughs> prayer is powerful. Do you need a big prayer group? Let's look at keep going in James. James 5.17 says Elijah was a, was a big prayer group leader. He had a long prayer chain and he got them all going. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. It says Elijah was a man subject to passions 
just like us. In other words, he was exactly the same as you. He had the same ability to quit and not believe, and he had the same ability to not quit and believe. Right. You could take it this other way. You have the same ability as Elijah. You have, I have the same ability as Elijah. And Elijah heard a word from the Lord, and the Lord said, it's not going to rain for three and a half years. And Elijah prayed, and earnestly he prayed. He didn't just say, okay, I guess it's not going to rain for three and a half years. No, he prayed, and it didn't rain for three years, three and a half years. It rained not. In fact, is, did it not only not rain, there wasn't even any dew. <laughs> he said, there's not going to be any dew. There's not going to be any rain. He said, it's not going to do anything water-wise. Elijah prayed, and that he stopped the rain on the earth for that long. Was it his prayer, or did he believe in the God he prayed to? Amen? And then the same Elijah prayed, and it rained. <laughs> it says he went and prayed. He went off by himself, and he put his head between his knees. That's what it says. He must have been gymnastics or... I can't put my head between my knees, so I'm going to have to find a different way to pray. But it says in the book of Kings, I think, that he went and prayed with his head between his knees and told a guy to go look and won't look for clouds. The guy came back and said, no clouds. He said, go seven times. Why? He had a word from the Lord. He knew God's will. Where you know the will of God where you have a word from God, you can have faith in God. Amen? And because he had a word from the Lord, he said, you keep going back. And the seventh time, he went back and he came back and he said, I see a cloud about that big. Now most of us would have said, that ain't rain. <laughs> seventh time and all we got is a little bitty cloud like this. Guess it wasn't God's will. We'd have made up a whole new doctrine. Right? Well, God sometimes says rain, and then maybe it rains somewhere else. May, you know, that's it. He was talking about America, not here in Israel. So we prayed, I bet it rained. Let's look at the weather. It rained somewhere, and God told us it would. And that's not, God told him it would rain right there. He didn't do a new doctrine. He said, a hand, a cloud the size of a man's hand? You better tell them to get. It's about to rain. They need to prepare. It's getting ready to rain. That's faith in the God you're praying to. All he needed was a little bitty sign. Because guess what? If this was a cloud and it was in the sky right now, you wouldn't even be able to see it. It's too far away. They, so what they actually saw was something about this big. He said, it's a cloud. Let's say, you know, if it came down here, it's about the size of a man's hand. He had faith. And it rained. Can we trust our God? Can we have faith to believe for what we ask? Amen? Because we're asking for things all the time, but then when we get them, when it comes, do we have the faith to get it? Right? You know, people have a preconceived notion of how God should do things. And that's not what he said. He said, here, here, here's how you have faith in God. Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6 says, whatever this is going to say, it says, but without faith, 
It is impossible to please Him. In other words, God's saying, faith is what enables me to help you. That's why it pleases Him. It's not just that you had faith. And I said, ooh, you had faith? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, He knows that enables Him to enter your life. That, that will always make a father happy when you give him space in your life. Right? Ramsey still gives me an inch every now and then. And I get happy every time she does. You know, last night the internet wasn't working. She said, Daddy, make it work. Which I couldn't, so I felt really bad. <laughs> but, you know, it was kind of nice to hear her say, Daddy, make it work. But God likes room in your life. He wants first place, actually. He said, It's impossible without faith to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe two things, that He is and He is. What what he's saying is, you need to believe that I am and I am. That's what you need to believe. He is. He is the answer. He is God Almighty. He's the God that loves you. He's the God that sent Jesus to die for you. He is. He is. He is God. He is truly the God. He's the God that created the heavens and the earth. He is. You you can't just believe that He exists. Thousands of people believe that a God exists. He's saying you must believe that I am that God and that I love you. That's the whole verse. I'm that God and I love you. Believe that He is and He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Those who diligently seek Him know that He loves them. Why? That's who you seek. You don't go looking for somebody who don't love you. Why? Because they ain't doing nothing for you. Amen? He says, believe that I am and that I am here for you. And you've got to keep believing that. Faith doesn't quit when it doesn't see what it thinks it should see. Amen? Our preconceived notion and our ideas are not God's ideas. Amen? Look at this parable. Look at uh, Luke 18, verse 1. You know, people got this idea that there's other ways to get God to move. They got the billboards, pray, pray, pray. They, they call the prayer chains. They, they say, pray and keep praying. Don't you pray every day for that same thing every day until it happens. And, and they've used some of these verses... To, to say that's the way it is. In Luke 18, verse 1, it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray. Is he saying pray all the time? He's saying always to pray. In other words, for every situation, pray. Right? He's not saying pray on a continual basis about the same thing. Yes, pray continually. He says that later in his word. Pray without ceasing, doesn't he? We should lead a life of prayer. In other words, there should never be a time where we're not looking for His will, for His best, and for us and for others. Amen? He said, ought always to pray and not to faint. So what's He really saying? He's saying you ought to pray, and then once you pray, don't give up. Once you pray, don't look for, what, don't look for signs. Don't quit. Expect to get it. Do just what it said in John, 1 John 5. Expect what you've asked for. Expect you're going to have it. Amen? And that's what he's saying. He's saying, okay, so listen to the parable. The parable, there was in, the, in a city a judge which didn't fear God and he didn't care about man. And I'm paraphrasing this in Dave English. And there was a widow in that city and she came to him and said, avenge me, avenge me of my adversary. What's she saying? She's saying, he did something illegal 
and I want to be avenged. And, and she's talking to the judge. He has every right to avenge her. Right? Legally, she, can't, she, she did the exact right thing. She came to the judge and said, avenge me. The judge, of course, did not care about her or her situation. He just said that. I don't care about God. I don't care about people. Right? And so it says he wouldn't do it for a while. Why? Because he didn't care about her. It, he didn't care if it was bothering her. He didn't care if it was hurting her. He didn't care anything about her. So he wouldn't do it for a while. But after he said within himself, Though I fear not God or regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. In other words, she's just going to keep coming and bugging me and bugging me and bugging me. And how many know in the world, the squeaky wheel gets the grease? In, the, in God's world, it doesn't. Squeak all you want. <laughs> no, and I, you know, I don't believe in squeaky wheels getting greased. I believe let them go squeak. <laughs> we won't go there. That's a Davism. <clears throat> and he said, because... He said, he said uh, where was I at? Uh, verse 5. He said, lest I avenge her by her continual coming, she'll weary me. And there are people who look at this and they say, well, now that's the way you got to pray. They said, you just keep begging and begging God. And if you don't get it that day, go back to him and beg him and beg him and bug him, bug God until he gives it to you. How many have ever had a kid and you told them they were going to get something? They kept going, when am I going to get it? When am I going to get it? Got it now? Is it time now? Can we go now, Dad? Are we going to get it? Can I get it? Can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? Can we now? How about now? Now, 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 now. And finally you said, here, go away. Was that a blessing? Do you want to do that to your Father God? Because there's no faith in that. Right? And how would you like to get up to heaven and say, you know what? I'm tired of hearing from you. Here. How much would you enjoy that gift from God? You've wearied me here. That's not what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. Verse 7, he says, or he says in verse 6, he says, Hear what the unjust judge said. Be sure to notice that he keeps calling him unjust. Why? Because he doesn't love God and he doesn't love you. But now he goes to himself who loves you. And he says, he says uh, And shall not God... Shall not God, shall not me, who loves you, who cares about you, do more than this person that cares nothing about their people? He says his own elect. He calls you his own. He's saying, would I not take care of my own if these people will even take care of these just because they weary them? He said, I love you and I'll bear with you a long time and still give you what you ask for. Right? He said, I'll tell you the truth. I'll avenge them speedily. He says, I won't even make them wait. In other words, they won't have to beg me. I'll avenge them speedily. Why? Because I'm a good God and I love them. They're my children. Amen? But then he says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? When, when he gets here, Will you have faith to get what he brought you? <laughs> Lots of people praying. God's answering prayers. You know, and I was telling him the first service, 
Um, when I first started working for Brother Moore, we were talking about a certain ministry, and I said, man, they need an airplane. And he said, no. He said, it won't do you any good to have an airplane if you can't believe for the fuel to put in it. He said, well, we need to believe for him as faith to take the steps to get an airplane. Amen? See, lots of people believing for the airplane, and it's not going to do them any good when they get it. Because you need the faith back here to receive all it's going to take to have the airplane. Amen? And, and that's what God's saying. He's saying, I'll answer prayers, but will you have faith when I get there with it? Amen? You guys with me? Everybody still here? Stay here. Think about the children of Israel. Children of Israel go into bondage 400 and some years. They start whining. Of course they start whining. They're in slavery. Why wouldn't they whine? Right? They start crying. Guess what? In, in Exodus 2, God says, I've heard the groanings. I've heard the cries of my people. And I remember my covenant with my faith man, Abraham. He says, I hear, them, I hear them crying and I remember Abraham because I told him I would do something. What's he doing? He's remembering his own word. And he's saying, I, I hear them crying and, and I told Abraham I would do something and my word will come to pass. Why? He's got a will in this situation. He has a will concerning bringing them out. Right? And they're crying and asking, Lord, bring us out. Amen? And he says in, in, in Exodus 2, uh, 24, he said, I, I, And God heard their groaning, and God remembered His covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then it goes on, and in, verse, uh, in chapter 4, he goes to Moses, and he said, Moses, it's time. He said, we're going to start bringing them out. And he said, he said, here's a sign for you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the elders, and I want you to tell them all that I've just told you, that I'm going to bring you out with a mighty hand, and that you're going to have this land, and everything's going to be great. And he said, well, I'm going to show you a sign. And he said, stick your hand in your coat. Hand came out. Leprous. Stick your hand back in your coat. Hand came out healed. He said, he said show them the signs. He said, they'll believe. Right? You guys know that story? It's in Exodus 4. If I read it all, we'll be here until like 2 in the afternoon. And uh, he said, uh, he said go, go tell him. Go tell him. And so Moses, and he, after he argues with God and says, I can't talk, and God says, okay, have, uh, have Aaron talk for you. And God still had mercy. Why? Because God had word. He had all, his word will come to pass. So he's still having mercy. Moses says he can't do it. And God says, my word will come to pass. Use Aaron. Why? People are praying. And he's got a word. Amen? And so, so he, uh, him and Aaron, it says in uh, Exodus 4, uh, verse 30, Exodus 4, and Aaron spake. It's about the third spake we've had today, isn't it? <laughs> We're not going to spake anymore. Aaron went and told them all the words that the Lord had spoken. In other words, he gave them the good report. He said, it's time, we're coming out. He said, the Lord has, has, has heard our cries and He's bringing you out with a mighty hand. And he said, and he, and he told them all the Lord had spoken and, and, and unto Moses. And then he, he, he showed them the, the signs, you know, about the leprosy and no leprosy. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. This is you. This is you without God. Yeah. Amen. And uh, he showed them the signs. And, and then in uh, verse 31 it says, And the people believed. What? They had faith. 
the people believed. And when, and when they heard that the Lord had what? When they heard the Lord had visited, what? They said, He cares about us. Where does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. And it also comes, they've, now they believe in His goodness for them. Now they believe that He cares about them. It says they, they heard that, he, that, that His plan and they heard that He came and He looked and He, and he, he had concern for them. That, you know, that's the first thing you've got to believe. That, that's when you start believing in your prayers. Amen? The God you're praying to. And then they bowed their heads and they worshipped Him. Man, they're doing good now. The old Israelite children got some faith. God's bringing us out. They're doing the God's bringing us out dance. God's bringing us out to our wealthy place. Huh? They're singing with Susan. Yeah. Bringing us out by His saving grace. Man, they're happy. And uh, chapter 5 happens. Moses goes to Pharaoh. You know what's weird? If you look at what God told him, He said... Moses is going to tell them all this, and Pharaoh's going to say no. So they heard that too. So they knew Pharaoh was going to say no. They knew he was going to say no. So Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, Pharaoh, let the people go. We're going to go worship our Lord for three days. And Pharaoh says, Moses, Aaron, why are you here? You should be working. So he literally said to him, he said, go do your burdens. And he said, not only that, you're asking me to let the people go so they won't work either. He said, how about no, no, and no? Why? Because he doesn't fear God nor care about man. People say, I wonder why his heart was hardened. Because he doesn't fear God nor care about man. You want your heart hardened? Quit caring about people and don't fear God. They'll say, how did God harden his heart? Same way he softens yours. Same rain, right? What if it rained on, what's it say in Hebrews? Rains on one field, grows up crops fit for meat. Rains on another field, grows up thistles. Was the rain different? No, the field was. Pharaoh's heart got God's rain on it and it hardened it. Why? Because he didn't believe in God, nor fear him, nor love men. If you love men and God starts raining on your heart, love starts growing. Amen? That was free. So, so chapter 5, he goes, no, and you need to get to work, and you need to get out of my sight. And so Moses leaves, and he says, God, why'd you have me go? And I don't even, Moses, he told Moses the same thing, and then Moses questioned it. And I was like, why did my... Anyway, same reason we do it. We question God. And so he goes back, and the, and the Pharaoh says the minute he leaves his sight, he said, not only I'm not letting him leave, but I want you guys to quit getting him straw. He said, you guys have been getting them straw to make their brick with. He said, if they got so much time, let them go get their own straw. And don't let them make less bricks. And so the children of Israel out there, and all of a sudden they say, hey, go get your own straw. We ain't getting it anymore. And now they got to go get their own straw, make their own bricks. And they're like, this is terrible. we got to get our own. They're already making bricks. I mean, their life already stinks. And they're making bricks. Now they got to go get straw. And they're like, oh, we got to go get our own straw. we got to make bricks and we don't have any straw. we got to go get it. Why, 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 Lord? Why would you do this to us? And then they go to Pharaoh. They go to the person that's being mean to them to try to get nice. That's like drinking poison and hoping it doesn't kill you. <laughs> they go to Pharaoh and they say, Pharaoh, why are you being so hard on us? 
what, what, what did we do? And he said, you got so much time to go serve your God. Why don't you just come? Well, you, need, you don't have enough to do, basically. If you got three days, you can run off and go serve your God. We'll just let you do this. Well, all of a sudden they're like, oh, now we know Moses did this to us. So now they've turned on the word of the Lord. Not just Moses. When you turn on Moses, you've turned on God. And so that now Moses has done this to them. And they, can't, they meet Moses and Aaron on the road back. And they're like, you guys did this to us. We're making bricks. With, we have to go get our own straw now. The, the Lord's not delivering us. He's making it harder on us. They can't receive what they've asked for. Right? They just quit. Do you still believe the Word of the Lord even though the way got a little tough? Right? The Word of the Lord didn't change just because they had to make bricks and get their own straw. Word of the Lord said, I'm still bringing you out. I'm bringing you into a land of milk and honey. The Word of the Lord did not change. They asked God to bring them out. He came to bring them and the way got a little tough and they quit. Amen? God's Word never changed. Good news is, neither did His mercy. He went to Moses and he said, here's what I'm telling you. Because Moses came to him and said, God, what is up with this? You know, It got worse and now everybody hates me and they won't listen to me. And he said, I'm telling you right now, I'm bringing these people out. He said, I'm bringing them into a promised land, a land that flows of milk and honey. I'm bringing them out through my almighty hand and, and their, their people will be favorably disposed to them. In other words, they're going to give them a bunch of riches. And he said, it's going to be good. And Moses said, okay. Moses believed him again because God's merciful. And then in, in, in chapter 6, verse 5, it says, and he, he said, and after he told Moses all that, and he said, besides that, I've heard the groanings of my people. In other words, I'm coming to answer their prayers. And do you know what? He came and he came and he came. If, he, if you can't, get straw to make your bricks, what are you going to do when we come up against the Red Sea? Right? What are you going to do when you don't have enough food to eat? What are you going to do when there's no water? Exactly what they did. Because they didn't have faith in God and they couldn't receive the answer to their own prayer. They said, God, deliver us, but they had an idea of how God was supposed to do it. And He wasn't doing it. I think what their idea was, you evaporate us out of Egypt, carry us over to the Canaan land, make sure there's no giants or fortified walls in there, and drop us down in there. That was their plan. God had another plan. You know why? Because in His plan, it required their faith, which pleased Him and enabled Him to greaten them. Is that a word? Greaten is today. Make them greater. Amen? And, and, but they couldn't receive it, and those people never received it. They never received the answer to the prayer they prayed. Amen? They never went to the... There was two of them, three of them. One saw it, and two of them went in. But the rest of them died in the wilderness because they said, we're just going to die, we're just going to die. You didn't give us this, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. And finally God said, you know what? Be it unto you as you've spoken. And they died. They never received the answer to their prayer while the answer was there all the time. Amen? Think about Naaman. Naaman. However you want to say his name. Naaman. Let's see. Where is Naaman? He's in... Uh, he's in... 
2 Kings 5. Naaman was the king of the big army of Aram, right? Not, he didn't know God. He, did, he didn't even serve our God. He didn't. But he was important to his kingdom. And he had some servants that served our God. How's, how important is it to have people in your house believe in God if you ain't? Amen? So, so Naaman, he's a, great, he's a great warrior. And he gets leprosy. He gets leprosy. And that's, that's a death sentence right there. In that day and time, that's a death sentence. You don't recover from leprosy. There's no way to recover from leprosy. You die with leprosy. Right? You start by losing your parts, and the next thing you know, you, you're, you fall apart. Amen? And Naaman had leprosy. And his servant girl, his wife's servant girl actually, said, Hey, ma'am, I serve a good God. And I know a prophet in Israel. And if our master, what's, our master, what's she worrying about him for? Because she loves him. She knows God. If you know God, you love him. That's how you know that you know God, is you love them. If you, if you, if you look at somebody and say, I don't love them, check your heart again. I think you do. <laughs> I think you do. If you call yourself by the name of Jesus Christ, I'm pretty sure you do. She loved the master, his master. This was a man that didn't even know God. And she loved him. And she said, ma'am, if he'll just go to Israel, there's a prophet in Israel and he can be healed. Man, his wife's like, my husband can be healed? Yes, yes, and yes. And she went to her husband and he said, what, I can be healed? And he says, yes, yes, and yes. And they've all of a sudden got faith in a God they don't even know. Faith comes by hearing. Huh? And all of a sudden, they've got faith in a God they don't even know because a servant girl? What, what would make her so persuasive? Love. She had no reason to do that. If he dies, she doesn't be a servant girl anymore, probably. Love. And so, so she, he goes, and sit, goes to the king, and the king says, Who am I? You know, I can't do anything about this. He said, Yeah, but a guy, there's a guy in Israel that can't. He goes, Yes, you're one of my prized warriors. Please go. And so he sends him with a letter and says, it's okay, you know, take care of him. And he goes to the prophet and he's, man, you can just think, man, he's never, he's going to be healed. He's dancing on the way there. And he gets to the prophet's door and he knocks and the associate pastor comes out. The servant of Elisha comes out. And he says, well, who am I, a dog? Oh no, he's losing his salvation. <laughs> Get offended. I'm in the hospital and they sent the team leader to me. I sing in the choir every Sunday and they send Susan and Kevin over. I expect at least Mrs. Moore would have showed up. Preconceived notions will keep you away from the miracles of God. The servant of God sent by the prophet of God is now the prophet of God. Amen? There's one strike. Sent the associate out. I'm telling you guys, you don't know until you've been there. You ought to go to the hospital when somebody's expecting Brother Moore to show up. And they look at you like, 
and you're here to do what? Please shock and amaze me. <laughs> and then, not only is it the associate pastor, but now he says, here's the word of the Lord. Go to the dirty river and wash yourself seven times. And he's like, okay, first of all, I didn't even get to see the man of God. You would have thought he would have respected me enough to come out here and heal my body. But no, he sends out this little little bitty associate, this servant, to tell me stuff about going to a dirty river. we got clean rivers over where I'm from. I could have went to the clean river. I could have dipped in the clean river. And I still wouldn't be healed because dipping in the river don't heal leprosy. He was leaving without his miracle because his prayer was answered. You know he was wanting to be healed and the answer to his prayer was right there. And he was leaving because he got offended. How many people have quit on their prayer because it didn't happen the way they thought it should? And so he's leaving, but that same servants again, you just can't get away from him. His servant comes up and says, Master, Master, Oh, you've come this far, and the word of the Lord is for you. He's, he, at least do what they've said to do. And so he goes, okay, fine. And he gets healed. Why? Because that person didn't give up on their prayer. They didn't give up on their faith in the God who got him there. Somebody didn't give up. If you're praying for somebody, I don't care what they look like. I don't care if they've told you to leave them alone forever. Leave them alone, but pray for them. If you're praying for somebody and you've asked for God to heal their body, I don't care if they look sicker two days from now than they did the day you prayed for them. You believe in the prayer you prayed. Because you believe in the God you prayed to. Amen? Don't pull your faith. Because this servant refused to just let him go back, he got healed. Amen? He didn't. He could have settled for nothing. He could have settled for nothing. Think about this one more. Look at uh, Mark 8, 22, New Testament. It says, uh, Jesus said he came to Bethsaida, and they, br- they, they bring... Unto him they bring a blind man. That's bad English, and you thought King James could talk, huh? And they bring, they bring, they bringed. They brought a blind man unto him and besought Jesus to touch him. So they brought him, and they knew exactly what Jesus was supposed to do to get this man healed. Right? They had, a, they had an idea. The people who brought him already knew how it was supposed to work. Jesus is supposed to touch him, and he's supposed to be healed. Jesus had a different idea. So it says in verse 23, he took the blind man by the hand and took him out of the city. Why? Because that's not where the people are that believe how it's supposed to be done. Right? He needs to get away from the people with preconceived notions and go to the ones that have God notions. Right? And so he he drags him out of the city and he spits on him. He spits on him. Do you reckon that guy could have said, What? I want to be healed and you're spitting on me? God's got a plan. Are you going to let yourself get spit on and get your healing or say, don't you spit on me? 
Jesus spits on him. He spits on him, then he puts his hand on him. Totally different than the notions of everybody else. Why? God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're higher than our thoughts. Every move has a purpose. Amen? God's smarter than we are. He doesn't just do things to be different. He does things because He's right. You know, some people think, well, Jesus did did that because it was different and it showed God's differentness. Is that a word? It is today. It didn't show God's differentness. It showed that God's smart. And He knew how it was going to happen. He knew before the foundation of the earth how He was going to heal that man from blindness. Amen? And He spit on him. And then after he spit on him, he asked him, he said, do you see? And the guy said, glory to God, I see men like trees. I can see, I can see, I can see. No. You know, we need to learn something from these Jewish people, these Israelites, these people. Think about the Israelites in the Old Testament. They went into wars, and one time with Joshua, they lost 36 people or 32 people, and they tore their clothes. If we lost 32 people, we'd call it a victory. Nothing is victory to them unless you come out with zero loss and whole. Why? Because that's how our God thinks. It's not okay to go in and lose some ground. It's okay to go in and gain it all back. What if this man would have said, Hey, I couldn't see men like trees before I got here. I'm going with the trees. Thank you, Lord. At least I don't have, at least I don't have to run into things anymore. Thank you, Lord, for this half healing. Glory to God for my half healing. How many people do you hear saying that? Why? Because it's unacceptable. Who was it unacceptable to the most? God. It was unacceptable to Jesus, who is the express image of God. He said, how do you see? And he said, I look, he looked up and he said, I see men like trees walking. And Jesus took him, he said, after that he put his hands on his eyes again. And made him look up, and he was restored whole. That's the kind of miracles that God does. That's the kind of things. Don't settle for a half miracle. we got too many people saying, well, I prayed, and I got this, and it's kind of okay. I'll take it. you got people stuck in $3 an hour jobs because that, they didn't realize that's just a step to their $30 an hour job. I guess there's no such thing as a $3 an hour job anymore. One I had when I grew up was $3 now. I bet there's some of you made a lot less than that. 285, it was good too, wasn't it? But that's, you got people saying, well, he got me a job. Or you got people saying, well, I wouldn't take a $3 an hour job if somebody gave me $30 just to sit there. You're naming. You're getting to walk away from a miracle. Everything's a step. Can you have the plane if you can't believe for fuel? Everything's a step. Every prayer will be answered. Every word of God will come to pass. God has spoken over us. He said we're His people called by, our, by His name. And by, because we're called by His name, we have all access for salvation, redemption, for healing, for peace, for joy. And you don't get a half a peace. You get a whole peace. You don't get a half a joy. You don't get to be happy three, what is it, 1,800 and... 82 and a half days, or 182 and a half days a year. My math was off. 
You get to be happy and full of joy 365 days a year. The same amount that you get to be healed, the same amount that you get to be saved, the same amount that you get to be fully prosperous in every way. And if He steps you from a $3 to a $10 to a $15 to a $30 to a $100 job, take the three and believe God. Just because the way is hard don't mean it ain't God. He doesn't, it's not hard to Him. And He'll give you the strength. And if He gives you the strength, it won't be hard to you. You can walk through the fire and not be burned. You can go through the flood and it shall not overtake you. Believe in the prayer you prayed to the God you prayed it to. Have faith in Him and His love for you and He'll bring you through. Amen? Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. God's helping us. God's helping us. He's tired of us settling for less than His best. He wants His best for His kids. Amen? If, if you're driving something less than His best, be thankful for what you're driving, but expect a better one. Amen? Expect the best. If your leg isn't hurting as much as it hurt yesterday, be thankful for it. But expect it not to hurt at all. Don't quit. Because your good God your heavenly Father knows you asked for it and it's in His will and it's ours. Amen? Got a song? Trust